This is a Boardwalk Audio podcast. Welcome to I Will Watch Anything Once. I'm your host, Mark David Christensen. Most cinema buffs know Al Pacino's classic film, Scarface. However, what if Tony Montana never was shot to death and he had a baby? Say hello to your new little friend, Stay at Home Scarface, a coloring and activity book from Devastator Press Books. You'll have fun watching Tony learn that raising a baby is much harder than running a drug empire. It includes coloring pages of Tony changing diapers, stepping on Legos, and baby-proofing his tiger, as well as activities include a Mad Lib preschool application and the board game Nose Candyland. Get your copy now at devastatorpress.com slash Scarface. Use the promo code once as a listener of the podcast and you will get 10% off that purchase. Again, the promo code is once and that will get you 10% off of the purchase of Stay at Home Scarface. Hope you and your family had a happy Thanksgiving. Um, I definitely am thinking I did. I'm recording this prior to the day after Thanksgiving, but I'm assuming that I had a good time because this was the first year that my sister and her family got to visit California and have Thanksgiving here with me and my other brother and sister-in-law, which I was very excited about and got to go to Disneyland with them. Yay! Um, Real quick, I just wanted to talk briefly about the election, not in a big articulate way or soapbox way. I don't have more to add to everything that's going on. Um, I, you know, I was very um, unhappy with the results, like many people were. My biggest thing I would just want to say to the people that are actually out there listening um, is start small. Start small and just make be mindful um, of everything that's going on in the world now. Um, and the biggest thing I say is just voice your concerns, voice your support for, um, with your families. I think a lot of times, you know, people are saying that they're scared to go back home because they have families that voted for Trump. They didn't vote for Trump. Well, now we're entering a world where there is going to be President Trump. Well, unfortunately, it look, doesn't look like that's going to, you know, change anytime soon. But, you know, I say now we just have to, as we all have to keep a watchful eye out on, you know, his presidency, his cabinet especially. I say we have to just start being vocal about that starting right at our dinner tables. Just like the holiday we just had is the hardest holiday to have because we all have to kind of like come together and try to be civil but maybe it's now more than ever we got to learn that there's a there's a generational gap that occurs over the years maybe it's on us maybe it's because we are afraid they're like oh our older parents or our uncles don't understand us or don't understand the changing world well why don't we have an open mind to that or compassion about that that you know the world is possibly scary to them doesn't mean they're wrong they're just scared of it But we can be a guiding force by actually offering up conversation about how we want the world to be better for the future to come. Uh, You know, that's all I have to offer. Talk to your families. Talk to your friends that, you know, that have difference of opinion to you. Because that's the only way we can change people is by actually being open to talk to them and listen to them as well. So go forth, listen to people and talk and share your opinions and let's change the world for a better place. Um... Enough of me repeating myself. Enough of that. Let's get to this great episode with a wonderful guest, a very funny um, comedian and actress and writer, Marcy Giroux. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm here with Marcy Giroux. Hi. Um, 
Great to have you. Thanks. This uh, was fun. This was. Um, you. We just watched the first of November. I want to point that out because this is a November. Thanksgiving film that we watched. Yeah, it's, it's the, one of the. I think it's really cool because it's one of the very few Thanksgiving themed movies I can think of. Yeah, I don't think I can only think of one really quick off the top of my head, which is trains, planes, and automobiles. But that doesn't take place over Thanksgiving. It's just a man trying to get back for Thanksgiving. Yeah. So it's not really at, around. Yeah, this movie is called Home for the Holidays. Yeah, we watch Home for the Holidays this afternoon. Um, for the listeners that have never seen this movie, and since I've prior had not seen it before, this tell us, give us a synopsis of Home so, for the Holidays. Home for the Holidays follows um, uh, Claudia Larson. Uh, she's a single mother who is working in Chicago, and at the beginning of the film, she basically. She's having a bad day. She gets fired, kisses her boss. It's insane. And then her we, her daughter's not going home with her for the holidays because she's going to stay in Chicago and probably have sex for the first time. <laughs> she's 16. Uh, and it's played by Claire Danes. Uh, Holly Hunter is the, the mom. Mm-hmm. This is from 1995, so it's 21 years old. Right. Uh, it still really holds up. So, um, so she goes home for the holidays, and it's just her being home for Thanksgiving with her crazy parents and then her crazy siblings and and it's pretty simple it's like just thanksgiving day it's the day before thanksgiving until the day after and that's it it's just like three days um and nothing happens except for thanksgiving dinner yeah that's it it's Um, really great it's based on a short story apparently yeah have you read the short story by the way no no i should i should yeah, you've. I, I was. I sh- kind of assumed that you would have. I like. It's this is a movie that my family loves. Um, we watch this every holiday that we're together. We'll be like, let's watch Home for the Holidays, even if it's not Thanksgiving or those holidays. Well, like, it's usually Christmas or Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, when you're seeing each other. Yeah, and we watch it. We. I, I was talking to my mom earlier today that I was going to watch it. And I was like, oh, I can't find... I know if we bought the movie many times. Like, we had DVDs, VH... Like, we love yeah. the movie. Um, I was like, we just found it again. She's like, oh, we wow. just... She just watched it recently, too. Nice. It's like our whole family... It's like a movie that we can all, like, watch and love. That's great. I think it's because we all see ourselves in the characters. Yeah, let's dive right in because... Okay. Uh, I think for me, being the first time I've ever seen this was mm-hmm. today. He cried. I cried <laughs> multiple times. <laughs> it's not a sad movie. No, at all. I cried with like joy. Like yeah, there's such very, touching. There's such so sweet. There's such sweet touching moments mm-hmm. in this movie, and I am definitely. I haven't. I've never been shy about crying in a movie. <laughs> oh yeah, it's very. I was like watching, like watching it again today with like someone who's never seen it. I was like. It, there's like that the nerves of watching it. I was like, oh yeah, this is sort of like very sentimental and yeah, yeah. And I think yeah, I think there is always that first time you sit down with a, uh, a with a friend or somebody you don't previously know, and like you go to see a movie that or watch a movie that you know will make you emotional reaction. Yeah. You do get that very like, uh, we're not in a dark theater. I can't hide yeah. it because I can remember distinctly the first time I ever cried in front of like two of my really good guy friends was me, my friend Matt Whitaker, my friend Trent Mallory went and saw Well Rider. Have you ever oh. seen Well Rider? <laughs> Is that about Native Americans? Not no. Native Americans. It's about like uh, like uh, um, uh, Samoan, I believe that culture. Uh, okay, and it's about I'm just racist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh boy, boy. <laughs> I didn't remember it. So, uh, uh. but we, I saw that movie, and I remember all three of us were crying. But yeah. we were like doing that thing where we're tr- not looking at each other the entire movie. Well, this was not, this was not like that kind of a, a cry. Uh, it's really funny. It's, yeah, it's a really very funny. funny movie. Uh, it's, uh, should I like just list who's in it for everyone? Yeah, let's do it. I brought it's... it up so I wouldn't forget anyone. So we have Holly Hunter is the lead. She plays Cla- Claudia Larson. Um, Anne Bancroft plays her mother, Adele Larson. Um, oh, she's wonderful. Uh, Charles... Durning, I don't. I what is was he? In he's like, in so much. He's in so much. He was like in. Um, he's been in a lot of Coen Brothers stuff back uh, in the day. Yeah, and he. I feel like he was Willie Loman at some point. 
Is maybe, that is uh, Willie Loman from a, a death, death of, of a salesman? salesman? I think maybe, or maybe it was just one of like uh, I think like death of a salesman. Like I think he's like on Broadway like for death. Of I a can salesman. definitely see that. So he plays uh, her father. Uh, then we have her brother Robert Downey Jr. Her uh, his friend Leo Fish. Leo Fish, which is a really funny name. They they say it constantly in the movie. That's uh, Dylan McDermott. Very um, handsome man. Very handsome man. There's that shot, real quick, because how handsome he is when they're at the house on the porch. When oh yes, when, outside, and, yeah. And right after they kiss and get caught, and she's going back to the car. The lighting is pretty perfect on oh, Dylan. Yeah. You're like, oh yeah. my god. Um, <laughs> Steve Gutenberg is well. We have Cynthia. What's her name? Cynthia. The, Steve, the sister. Yes, yeah, she's great. She was really good. Cynthia Stevenson plays uh, Joanne, the sister, and then her husband is Steve Gutenberg. And then Claire Danes is uh, the granddaughter, who is only there at the beginning and the end of the movie because yeah. uh, she doesn't go home. Uh, who is the kid at the coffee shop? Oh, the Do kid at have... the coffee. There's, just, I, I there's like a two. Someone has like three lines and it's. Um, I want to know what the, who that kid was. Because oh, I feel crap. like you recognize his face immediately. Yeah. Full cast. Come on. Um Oops. Do I need to stall for time on a podcast? Oh, uh, no. oh also, also her boss is played by Austin Pendleton, and I love him. He was also in Guarding Tess as the limo driver, and I think that's really yeah. Great. He's great. He's uh, a great character actor that you he'll pop up in tons of stuff. Yeah, Sean Hat Hattosoy is a counterboy. Yeah, he's <laughs> someone that you would just recognize from being in a lot of movies in the nineties. Yeah, and he's in Alpha Dogs. Southland, uh, yeah, and he just truly has like, two lines in this, but it's such a good. Oh, it's so this is directed by Jodie Foster. Yeah, it's so good. Is right? this her first directorial? I debut? think it was. I think yeah. so, and she really like knocks it out. She has so many like good stylized things that happen in the movie. Like basically, like the movie is. It's so much like a play. That's what I was. That's the first thing I wanted to point out. Yeah, was it felt? I was wondering if you'd ever heard if they had adapted this into a stage production. Because while watching it, I was like, I would love to like adapt this well, to stage and be in it. Yeah, because <laughs> they they have. I think basically she just cast a lot of amazing stage actors, right? And then was coming at it from like I think they like so it's like these monologues that are interrupted by dialogue. Yeah. Uh, and the monologues standalone are so amazing. Like, there's a monologue, the one where Anne Bancroft is standing in her bra and uh, slip. Slip, yeah. And she's just kind of, like, reading this. She starts it by reading a newspaper clipping of Dear Abby. That's, like, it's so great. Because then she very quickly puts the paper down. And it's just doing the monologue from memory while she's, like, looking in a mirror. It's so good. It is. And then just, like... Well, she's not even looking in the mirror. It's such a perfect shot. Yeah. Because... That, and the thing it is... It makes that, it really feel like... Because Holly Hunter's in bed just yeah. watching her mom kind of ramble. And, it, like, it, they sh- the way they... Sh- the way Jodie Foster shows Holly Hunter in bed, it, you immediately it's, know that you're seeing her mom through her own eyes. Yes. And it's through... And, like... Because she turns, she starts at the mirror and then she turns out to us as the audience Mm -hmm. and she's facing Holly Hunter. But we're now as the camera in a weird way, we're in Holly Hunter's position and it's beautifully done. And like you said, it's like Anne Bradcroft's performance is very like you're watching like a a Broadway-esque performance. Yes. But grounded, not like the, not over the top, like in the way of like stage acting. It's It's like a devastating monologue that she's truly just reading or reciting a clipping of a newspaper that she's remembered Mm -hmm. that like obviously impacted her because she saw herself in it. So it's just devastating. And then it's just like punctuated by her being like, all right, wake me up. Bye. Yeah. So like perfect. I feel like it is like a really good balance of like true, like theater and like really what it feels like to go home. Yeah. That's the other thing I wanted to point out from this first viewing for me is that there's a lot of movies that attempt to show family, mm-hmm. and you're like, eh, you're you're a lot of the time they're just off or they're yeah. like so exaggerated. You're like bullshit. Like who gets along that way? That's insane. Yeah. Well, this movie, I think, even though I'm not watching somebody hit like everywhere my dad is or everywhere my mom, I'm going, oh, I can see every part of my family mm-hmm. in these characters. Yeah, and I'm like. Wow, you guys really like nailed it in the writing and in the performances. I, I think it's the perfect two. Like, it's a very like nuclear family that's like mom, dad, uh, mom's a little type A, and dad's kind of like silly and mm-hmm. like uh, 
Um, and then the the middle, or I guess, I don't know if Claudia is the oldest. I always assume she's the middle child. I think she's the middle because she's definitely, she says in the phone call back to her brother. Oh, that her it's brother's her br- a little, and I guess Joanne feels like the responsible. Yeah. So Joanne, uh, yeah, is like the oldest daughter who like feels like this intense obligation to like keep her parents okay. But she's like very like wound up. Yes. And then Claudia is the middle child who like moved away, like had a, one had a very young pregnancy. Uh, and then like moved off to Chicago and is like never like kind of hasn't really settled yet. Mm-hmm. And then the brother, uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s character, uh, Tommy, uh, is sort of like this mischievous little like uh, he's like a little puck who comes around to like and they all are adore him except for Joanne. Yeah, Uh, because I think there's that resentment that's unspoken of being the older child that feels like they have they have that obligation. And the youngest, who's the baby, always, no matter even though some people perceive him as like sort of a fuck up Mm -hmm. in the way he's just kind of like free. And she definitely the one thing that they talk about this is which is wonderful for a movie from the 90s. he's, He's a gay character. He's gay. Yeah. And. And she clearly can't handle it. Yeah, he's a gay character. She calls yeah. him perverse. Yeah. And it's like, wow. And they deal with it so and the beautifully. Mo- it's so funny because the mom like very clearly ignores it. She yes. like she's like, Oh, your brother and that Leo Fish fellow going around port to port with all the girls and Holly Hunter's like, uh, mom, they're gay. Um, <laughs> yeah. And she's like, oh, change the subject. She, like, can't deal with it. Yeah, she it's can't deal with it. It's such a good uh, movie, right? It really is. And I think, like, I want to, like, talk about how it's so play-esque is they leave so much unspoken in the dialogue. Mm-hmm. But you, but the actors are so speaking everything yeah. that's unspoken. They're- because even Holly Hunter's history, there's a moment that I love that's very mysterious where she talks about when she's talking to Leo about her Claire, her daughter's um, father. Mm-hmm. And she just is like, she talks like, yeah, or, or she's talking to, I mean, she's not talking to him. She's talking to the popular girl that pulls up uh-huh. and she's just like, oh, you got divorced. And she's like, divorce. Yeah. Um, actually, we were never married. And then you just in like two lines, you see everything. Yeah. You, and you're like, oh, I get it. Yeah. You, and like you just said, like she never had settled. She just her life has moved forward and just different a different path than everybody else. It's so funny how like she goes from being so flighty in the first scene mm-hmm. where she's like kind of like fl- literally floating around. This like museum where yeah. she's like uh, she I think her job is that she uh, restores art. Yeah, there. she's the same thing that Sigourney Weaver is in That's Ghostbusters too. What a very it's sexy lady yeah. <laughs> job really, to have. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sexy lady, um, just someone looking at a painting. Uh, I can restore in that a, in a maxi turtleneck dress uh, <laughs> which looked amazing she's beautiful she's gorgeous holly hunter's amazing uh um it's so weird like watching it today like yeah so she goes from like being a very flighty person to like being like so trying to be grounded she's fighting all these like fun things that she wants to be doing in this uh, like with the you know that character she's yeah i don't like do you spoil stuff on yeah here? okay this is not about it doesn't really matter it's if you haven't seen the movie this will make i hope that this conversation yeah. will make you want to watch it and also like who cares i truly watch i i can't say it enough that like this is a movie like there's so few movies that i will watch over and over again and this is a movie that my whole family like we will watch it over and over and over again so let me ask you who do you identify with in this movie who do i identify with yeah. um I think Holly Hunter. Yeah, we all. Like, yeah, we all. I think as like because even though she's not, what I loved about her being what she did, it's one of those shows because I have a hard time getting into stuff that's like about actors or mm-hmm. about art, like they're on the head artists. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Because I'm like I'm one, so I get sort of bored by it, and I'm like I don't need to be reminded that I'm out here having hard that hard of a time. Uh, but this is like. From that point of view, you can see, like, you were an artist. And there's there's allusions to it. Her father alludes to, like, her being great. Her mm-hmm. mother alludes to it. But she has this kind of job that is sort of like it feels like she went off 
without us knowing, I feel like she went off to be an artist, possibly in Chicago, mm-hmm. but ended up settling for a, sh- a job that is comfortable. And it's also par- like parallel to what yeah. she probably wanted to do. And then she's just like, this is what I do now instead. Yeah. yeah. And then now we're, we enter in the story in the day that she's like, you know, your comfortable job that's close to what you did got taken away. Yeah. You're fired. So I can, t- that's immediately I'm in her footsteps where I'm like, I'm out here pursuing this bigger dream of like, like, I came out here thinking like the everybody's dream of like, oh, I'm going to be a yeah. lead actor in a movie and I'm going to get to the top. I'm going to be Tom Hanks like level. <laughs> and then you just slowly realize like, you're, I'm just trying. You're going to be Tom Hanks? God, <laughs> well, I, that, you were shooting. Well, well you know, it's I don't good think to I, have I, I'm just saying Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is not my dream. My dream would be like, uh, my two dreams are like Philip Seymour Hoffman-esque. That would be like, that's, that's, yeah. that's my favorite actor of all time. Or Jack Lemon. If I could be oh, like yeah. those, I'd be like, great, I'm fine. But you know, you know what I mean. And then you kind of have to realize, well, life, life doesn't doesn't lay out the way you would yeah. expect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's maybe not me a kid, but so I think when I when I was younger and I would watch this, even though I watched the '95, so like, there's been. Well, I didn't watch it in 1995. There's no way. Uh, <laughs> I probably watched it a few years later, but. Um, um, so like I always identify with Claudia and now like watching it again, I was like, no, I'm more of a Tommy. I, okay. Because I think I used to be like, I'm the odd man out and I come home and like no one gets me. And there are aspects of that that I still do, especially that relationship between the sisters is like very close to like my relationship, with my sister, not that like the fight necessarily, but there are like elements of like, yeah, we're sort of strangers who don't know each other anymore. Um, but now, like, watching it today, I was like, no, I'm more of a Tommy. I kind of come in and mess stuff up. <laughs> like, in a way that's, like, I'm just trying to be, like, me. And I now being me, like, messes stuff up for other people. Yeah. And in the end, Tommy is the most authentic of and everybody. He, he also sees them all so clearly. Yeah. Like, you hear, because he, def- he and Joanne don't get along. And she calls him a cocksucker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, she definitely, like, doesn't approve of him. And he doesn't, and he is antagonizing her from the moment he sees her. Mm-hmm. And then when you hear him talking on the phone later, uh, he goes, Joanne, she's, you know what? She's really grown. I can really tell. Like, he actually talked. He's like, I can tell she's really doing really well. Because I he, think he's the one that's the less, pro, like, in character-wise. He's He doesn't do any projection. Yeah. I think everybody else is still trying to figure out their shit. It's so true. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And, like, even, even uh, what's the... What's the aunt. The, the, oh, no. Sorry. He, or, no, the main... The older daughter's name. You just said it. Joanne. Like, Joanne. Yeah. Even Joanne is in a situation where she's still trying to figure her shit out as a mother, as a, a yeah. wife, as a daughter. Where And then our main character, of course, is trying to figure her shit out as that mm-hmm. as well. Whereas, and I, then Anne Bancroft, like yeah, Adele, she's also like, yeah. you know, just where do I fit in this moment in my life? And I think Tommy comes in going, I'm just going to be. He's the character that's like, yeah. I went... I didn't invite you all to my wedding because I just wanted it to be there. I wanted to enjoy it. He literally says they don't take pictures because he, I think he's just like, (laughs) as a cliche it is, he's a character that's like, I live in the moment and I found out that that makes me happy. Yeah. So he just does it. So I think he sees everybody clearly because he's putting none of his shit on anybody else. And he doesn't apologize. And I, I, I think that I definitely like... Somewhere along the way, I'm like a Tommy now. That's a great place to be, Maxie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my family hates me. Uh, they don't respect what I do. Uh, you don't need that. I wish I could get married on a beach. Um, uh, in, in weird, uh, they got married in like two clearly like a, car car seats that like, yeah, it, was, it, was, it felt like so a, nice. It was like a clam bake they were having yeah. in Boston. Um I think some of my favorite stuff about the movie is the there's so many lines that I that are like throwaway meaningless lines that make me laugh so hard. Like just when they pull up into the driveway for the first time and 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 Bancroft goes, headlights, headlights. <laughs> it's just like it's just like ugh, just reminding her husband to turn off the headlights. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. And it, you it's really a background noise that you hear because she's because Claudia and her her father are talking. So you just hear in the background, headlights, headlights. And there's so many moments like that that are so fucking good. Yeah. I think the whole movie is all it's like that's the through line, is yeah. those real moments in between, as you said, these monologues that and I think 
it all gets encapsulated the writing and the writer what was his name you said he's written a lot of stuff that oh yeah was this, very surprising um, and, and good though where did he go yeah. <laughs> keep talking about oh yeah but it's those oh. moments that i think um God, this show, this movie is really good. W. D. Richter, yeah, Richter. well, well done, sir. Because and Chris Radent wrote the short story. This is based on. I mean, yeah, this is. I feel like, uh, like, yay for me. Because I, <laughs> I think you did. You knocked it out. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, I feel like some ownership. I probably uh, you picked Jody Foster. If you're listening to this, I hope you are. Um, I might be your biggest fan, like of this movie. I don't know what else you did after this, but uh, she's done plenty more. I never saw a lot of them. Beaver, I never saw it. Um, this, yeah, she's. This is so. Everything about this is really great. Um, and I can watch it over and over and over again. And oh, I, I could tell you right now that I could watch this movie over and I've seen it just now. Yeah. Like, I'd be like, oh, I could I could easely go home and introduce this movie into our family cycle. And I think it would work. It's such a nice movie to watch with my family who is not sentimental. Mm-hmm. But like we can all like got we just like it's so, so nice for us all to sit down in the same room and, and agree that we can watch this movie. Um And yeah, because I think my brother feels like he's the Tommy. Mm-hmm. Uh my sister thinks she's. I remember once she said she thought she was Claudia, but I remember when we were younger, she was like, "I'm a, I'm such a Joanne. I get that." Yeah, and she's a Joanne. But maybe uh, it's changed too. Now. She has because now she's like divorced and like you know has right. So yeah, maybe she now she has moved. She's into a little the more like, "What is my life?" Um, right. I don't have the love life that Claudia has. Oh right. Well, you some mean, pretty sexy stuff. Oh yeah, she has she, some, definitely some sexy stuff with she Dylan. Definitely like yeah, fooled around. Mm. In front of her brother. Yeah, while eating. <laughs> yeah, there's a very upsetting scene where they're kissing while eating. It's just the only, it's just like, oh, really? She like pick, pick something out, out of, of his, his teeth. teeth. Yeah. And I was like, too intimate. Yeah, you don't need to do that. I wonder if they were like, we'll do it, it'll be fun. It definitely was like a moment that somebody wrote in because they'd done that before, and you're like, just keep that between you and the person. Yeah, that I did guess it. that is pretty. And anyway, I get it. Like, it, it is like a, like, that is a certain amount of. You have to be very intimate. Yeah, to like be that way. Like there are people that I like that you meet that that there are slow burn relationships, and then there are ones that like that you meet someone and immediately like she was immediately mean to him, and I think that's such an indication of like there being chemistry there. Yes, like just kind of being like, ugh, get away. Uh, oh yeah, they, and so they had like a rapid cycle relationship. Yeah. And it like, but it works. It never felt because um, there's movies where you do see that rapid like relationship, and you're like, this is you're both crazy. Yeah, you're, you're both. I don't get it. You're insane. I mean, one of the dumbest examples off the top of my head right now is if you did you see the last James Bond movie? Uh huh. It's dumb. But one is that the woman falls for him like in 24 hours, and the whole time I'm going, you just go, this woman's crazy. The person that wrote this wrote a crazy woman. Shame on you. Like, this makes no sense. That I you wish f- women were like this. <laughs> oh, God. It's like, no, don't fall in love with James Bond. Why would you He's fall in love with this? He's a bad boy. <laughs> uh, what does he even get do? Out He's of a spy? There. Don't fall in love with a spy. Get out of there. As but, much as it seems like a spy would be a good person to date. I know it sounds exciting, but he's definitely going to cheat on you and you'll never know. Yeah. But you'll always know. You'll always, yeah. You'll never you'll know, know and you'll, you'll always know. You'll feel it every time it happens. Oh, God. <laughs> but you just like won't acknowledge it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but their, their, quick, their quick chemistry makes complete sense. It just feels like it works. It really is. But then also... They don't like her. I think because she, it's like because she's so pushing back on it, it makes it feel real too. Yeah. She's not just jumping in with it and going, yay. It's the, oh, she's like that moment where she's in the bedroom right before they're about to hook up. And then Robert, um, Tommy interrupts and all that. And his, his funny, like, oh, what are you guys up to? Yeah. <laughs> so Robert Downey Jr. is so good at this. He, he's always been good. I mean, drugs is the only thing that got in the way with that guy. Yeah. He's been good from day one. Well, he's great. He's, you know, honestly, I'm glad he got to experience the prison and everything. Like he it got made him it, only better. He got it all. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is such a good movie for him too. I feel like this might be around his comeback era too. This, no, or, this before. might be before. This might but, be but where this is he's after jail. I think. Yeah, because there was like I think 
I mean, I don't know. I'll have to look it up. But. I'd have to look it up, too. But I think there was an era where he was like, he was in and out. Yeah. So he'd have like a couple of movies like this, I think. Then he disappeared for quite a while. And then Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is the movie that brought him back. It was Kiss Kiss Bang Bang that reminded us of how great yeah. he was. And then Iron Man set him back, put him back on like the A-list. I'm going to look up when he was in jail. Yeah, it's very interesting. He has very interest. But, but back to that moment. I love the moment where Holly Hunter is resisting and she goes up to the bedroom and she closes and she's like, don't be stupid. Oh, don't. yeah. She's and like talking herself out of, out of it. And then you're like, you can't, like, you have to be stupid. That's what this, this, is, this is all about. Right before he got, <laughs> this is, so he, oh, was, really? in 1996, was convicted and, and and sent to prison. Yeah. But he, you know, he'd already had, he'd already had drug problems. Yeah. Prior oh, he to was that. sent to prison again in 99. God. Yeah. He's had a rocky. Good for him. Oh yeah. He's had the, he's had a great life. Good for him. <laughs> he, you know, he found a woman to set him straight. Yeah. Have you ever heard him talk about his wife? There's, no. If you go watch his, I believe, the, in the actor's studio, when he brings up her, it's amazing. Like that, his wife that he is currently still with. It's it's like very like. Yeah, because she was since, like a publicist, right? Yeah. And just the way that he talks about the way he talks to him. Yeah. It's like, oh, the, there's no bullshit now. You found someone that gives you no bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, that's great that you found that through all the garbage, especially in this, like the industry you're in. And being like such like an <laughs> 80s, like heartthrob. Yeah. And, yeah. And to come out on the end of that, not dead and also found that and get a little more grounding in yeah. you. Good for you. I watched him recently and um, God, it was... Ooh, what is the guy that take my wife, please? Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah, and when uh, he goes back to school, yeah, back to, it's called Back to School. Back to School. It's where he plays the very '80s fucking best friend. Yeah, the, he's like the best friend of, of his son, and his his style is like his boy teeth George. Are insane. His, his, yeah, he had clearly had not gotten work done yet. <laughs> yeah, he was a new actor, very wild boy, wild child. Um, but yeah, this whole movie, like, it makes me so excited to. I, I, you can hear in our voice, we were very excited to talk about. Yeah, this movie. like I, I'm. Like, I feel like we're going to miss stuff because there's so much in here that's rich oh, yeah. and the, simplistic, but then the, the way it's done. The character is oh. amazing. She's so... Because they introduced her as being a kooky aunt. Yeah. But then she's so much more. She's so much kookier, too. Yeah, she's so much kookier. But, and, she, but she's that character that's like... So you meet her, and I think it's what's lovely about it is you meet her, she's kooky. She's sort of like you get the feeling that she's happy-go-lucky in that quirky way. Yeah. But then you realize, oh, no. No. There's a devastation behind that. Oh, my God. <laughs> when she says, and you made all my dreams come true for her. Yes! It's the saddest. <laughs> like, God, what if I identified with her? Like, that, in 10 years when I watch this movie, I'm going to think I'm the aunt. I I think I think there's part of me that can identify with that. Aunt. Yeah, me too. I think I've been like it all passed away. And now I'm just hanging out. Yeah. And I look back at like if I still lived in Utah, I would immediately be able to identify that. No, this is why because I watched before I moved to LA, all my best friends get married. And I was like the guy that never dated. I didn't like was just the single guy and I remember when my last friend my friend Scott Stanley told me he was getting married I cried in front of him because oh, <laughs> I because I, <laughs> <laughs> well, was just I realized oh that's not that world is not for me I have this other thing I gotta go do yeah and you know what I mean and it was I the gotta la- go and, make Fruit Loop necklaces yeah. <laughs> and, and go on the price is right she probably moved out to LA to, to do and then moved to back. be an actor she was on the price is right oh god yeah that, that moment is so devastating and you're just like wow but she kept going that was the thing too is that every character had that in them mm-hmm. and it also has joy in them there was the, the way they painted every character was so wonderful in that sense of like, oh, even the dad, like, when he has to just not, he has to just admit that he kissed the sister back oh in the day. Oh, my God. So he good. doesn't admit it. He just put like, his fingers a little bit. It was a little kiss. <laughs> and, well, that's what's so crazy about this. That character is like, you feel like she had a one amazing night where she fell in love with someone in that moment. Mm-hmm. And then because he never left, because she saw him every day mm-hmm. she never was able to to blow out that torch for him yeah like, 
She carried the torch for literally 43 years and never mentioned it. Just watched her sister have the life she wished she could have had. And then with the man that she fell in love with. Yeah. Who I don't know why he kissed her. Probably because she was similar to Anne Bancroft. But then like that was she became a splintered person who was no longer whole. And there was literally a crazy woman. Yeah. That's scary to think it's that that could happen to so you. So sad. And, and because she never put out the torch, that means that she could have easily, sometime in her life, had, had that come up yeah. again. Somebody could have maybe at any, at any moment saw her as the one. And but she could have she fell in love with anyone else. Anybody else. And she just chose not to allow. This is what is so dangerous. <laughs> I think this is like <laughs> truly like a, this is a PSA. So it's very dangerous about being in love with someone who doesn't love you back. Oh. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, I think uh, I know. Uh, I know. uh, Okay. Uh, Dave and I are sobbing. (laughs) We're just very quietly crying. It's just tears streaming down our faces. Faces, Yeah. Um, We just have to like, let's just have a moment of silence that I don't edit out. I do think that I identify with that of being like, oh, God, all the things you miss or all the, like, yeah, the, like, because you're, like, waiting for the opportunity to arise again or, mm-hmm. some, or who knows? Because you because you will always go back. Like, I, I can identify with that, that why you stick around and keep, the, as you said, that torch because you go, it was so good. Why can't I go back to that? And We're I think, so close. I had it for yeah. a moment. And, like, I think I could easily be in that position if I had not, like, meditated and gotten like worked on it to be like okay you can't have that again if that ever is going to happen again it has to be different yeah you have to allow yourself to like be open to like if it does come back it's going to be different it will never be the same yeah and it's i think you either you come to that realization or you get stuck like that ant deep (laughs) and sad Uh, but it is but that's like the huge that's Unfortunate, like this movie really like hits on the human condition in that way. Also, perfectly, she definitely has some mental illness. Like she's oh for sure. She literally says to a child, "When someone is so close to you, they're inside you." Like you can't say that to a ten year old. That ten year old's going, "What are you now?" What is investigating you, that. What are you talking about? <laughs> How are they inside you? Yeah, <laughs> metaphorically or literally. Literally, because oh god. Um, now I'm gonna go home and wonder about that, or have to talk to my. Dad about Brittany, it. that little dumb bitch. Oh God, but, I love that you're like she is the worst. And then as soon as I saw her like behavior in that basement, you're like that's me. I was like that. I have home videos that I could show you right now, and I have at home on DVD to my dad. And I'd be like, you're like, yeah, it's exactly you. There's a video of my sister trying when we had a camcorder, which I love the touch of the camcorder. Oh, the, the end of the grandfather and the grandson. Were yes, both, yeah, because that's what we do when we had the camcorder. You feel the dumbest shit. You feel them. You you'd record all the mundane stuff and then the events but there's a video of my sister attempting to do a fake cooking show and it's me in a batman t-shirt with a fake baton just interrupting it the entire time (laughs) (laughs) it's terrible i'm like oh i'm the worst you've never taken that note dave (laughs) (laughs) ever ever (laughs) in life and on stage (laughs) Uh, i should note now for the people who don't know us that i used to coach dave (laughs) yeah you did you did um you're a great coach oh thank you i always say i'm mean I like your meanness. <laughs> like, I won't, I'm not going to like bullshit you and fr- like, you're not mean, but your meanness is not like. I'm tough, yeah. You're tough. You're not like, you don't come from like a fuck this. Like, there's, I think there's people in this world, and mostly I think in the acting world, not the improv, luckily, that are like bitter and their meanness comes from, I could, I should be up there doing better. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Than you're, what you're doing. You come from like, your meanness is like, you can be you. You on stage can be better. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I hope that's what, yeah. But anyway. I, that's what I got. Yeah. So. I feel like I'm Jodie Foster and I'm just trying to get you to give me this performance. Uh, yeah. We all like, because you want to see everybody succeed. I think to, you come from a place you want the people that you're coaching to succeed. Yeah. I got to get invested very fast with people too. And then like you are an extension of me. And I'm like, no, I need, because I am not doing this right now. So you have to do this. But that's what a direct, in a weird way, that's a director should be in a sense that's what a coach is mm-hmm. even though improv is a weird like because it's improv it's you're you're directing but you're also you just yeah. you, you you don't do the same thing it's like why when i watch a good 
I found this and I haven't seen mod in a long time, but when I would watch a mod show and I would see a director that I'm like, Oh, they're in this. Those shows stood out to me more than just yeah. the one where I was like, Oh, it's another mod show that yeah. happens to be directed. Also I can like tell when I care about like what I'm what we're doing, it like it's always more fun. It can but then it's like heartbreaking too. Cause just like the nature of like things happen, shake ups or whatever yeah. that happened like to yeah, like that happened just recently again. I was like, fuck, I don't know yeah. all these people I really care about. Um, it's going to happen. But it's also like, that's just what happens. Yeah. Um, and it, you would be a sociopath if it didn't affect you. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like any of the boys around here. <laughs> um, Hollywood boys. Hollywood boys. You know how they are. They um, don't care about your Herald team. Um, oh, boy. Jesus. I really do. I cared too much. Oh, I did too. But I don't as much. I mean, I still do. I I care, but it's not mine anymore, but I used to care so much. Oh, yeah. I mean, it took me, it took me to, I mean, I, now I'm fine. And I've been off now. I'll be entering my second year off. I was two years off, yeah. And it took me, like, I definitely, well, I had a, I had a, I had a year on mod. And when I got come from that, that weirdly put me into a year of depression. Mm-hmm. And I was like, because I was like thinking, Can I not do this? Yeah, exactly. And, like, just circumstantially. It was like weird because the last show I ever had, I think my parents saw me do my mod, which I was lucky enough because they live in Utah. Mm-hmm. I remember backstage, we came out of a sketch and I looked at Kenny Stevenson. I go, and I was like, this is so, I love doing this. This is so much fun. And then like oh, a month later, no. a month tem- later, I got cut. tempted. Face. Yeah, I tempted it. And it destroyed I me. I from- have this forever. <laughs> yeah. It, but that happens. That's oh. going to happen. And then I think Harold took me like. Definitely. You just, you get cut and you're like, well, fuck. Ah, fuck. But then you get over it. Um, You move on and you find other passions and things. It's like in the movie. Yeah. It's, this is all about the movie. (laughs) (laughs) What's so funny, uh, not to like steer it back, but like. We have to, because we don't, this isn't, this isn't the UCB podcast. We don't want to talk about this. Come on. Uh, We already cried so much about how we'll never find love. Um, Again. uh, Again, Maybe we never had it to begin with. Oh, was it real? I don't even know. Was it just a moment in time? (laughs) Um. Uh, the, I think what's interesting about the character of Leo Fish, who we mm-hmm. don't like find that much out about, except for that, like, uh, Leo, what do you do? Uh, I get fired a lot. And which is really interesting because Holly Hunter's just been fired. fired. Yep. And so later in the film, she says, how do you do it? And then he just starts playing. You pick yourself up. Whatever you you just it's just off. off, yeah. You start all over again, and I think that is like why he's like it is why she like becomes attracted to him, like that that like that's like he's what I need to be. Kind yeah. of, yeah. I think we seek that. I think that's a very human thing. Yeah. Like you seek what you want to be in other people. Yeah, and, and if- it's the flaw of us as well because you in the end. If you want to be something, you have to go try to be that mm-hmm. rather than have somebody else fulfill that. Yeah. Because in the end, ugh, if you are filling them in, if they're you're, if you're using them to fill that in, you're destroying. You're destructive to both of you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> huh. but, but like, yeah. So that's but that's the thing is the flaw of this is that couldn't ruin you if you don't back up and look at it that way. Because yeah. you can watch this movie as we were watching that last moment, even though I had a terrible shush moment where he shushed. Oh God! Her. He like puts his. <laughs> Like she goes, but what if? And he puts his fucking finger on her mouth to shush her, and then she smiles. Yeah, never. No, don't do if that. If someone put their, if some man, I've heard speaking, and they just kind of cockily put their finger on my mouth to shush me. Like, what if I did that right now? I would go insane. <laughs> I would go insane. Yeah. Besides that terrible moment of the I don't finger know on the lips. Leo's actually a nice person at all. Yeah. At that point, you're like, uh, you, have you been faking it? Yeah. But that moment of like, that last moment of him coming onto the plane and everything, I literally can, that could ruin me. Like where you, I can let that fantasy get into my head. Yeah. Luckily, I'm like, I think I can just... D- to split the two, but uh-huh. I'm like, ooh, I want that. I want that fantasy to happen. I want to find that. I want that to work out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't 
I don't think I think that it really happens, but it, there there is part of me that thinks it could have just been like. Okay. But here's the thing: I think it, those moments do really happen. Mm-hmm. But I, have, I think you have to return to what the dad says, and I think the dad has one of my favorite monologues in this movie when he's talking about when his whole him and his family are on the tarmac watching the plane go yes. up. He and it's because he reminds himself. He says in it that was only ten seconds. That's all it was. And it was the best moment of my life. life. And I think that's what you have to remind yourself is that life is this whole big scope of thing. Some of your greatest moments will just be like that. Yeah. It is so crazy, too. Like, um, I have been talking to a few friends about this recently that, like, you have to take time to to remind yourself that you're happy when it's happening. Because as soon as good news comes, or as soon as the moment you get the thing, you immediately start worrying about losing it. You start worrying about like what other people think or are other people not happy for me. And so it's true that like that 10 seconds, the happiest moment in my life. Right. And you have to like appreciate those moments. It's so lame in the, like to be in the moment sometimes and be like, this is amazing. But every now and then I have to like remind myself to be like, this is really amazing. And I don't ever say it to other people. Cause I just don't think that's part of my, personality to be like yeah. isn't this lovely don't you love it but like <laughs> that didn't feel like a marcy <laughs> no but like i am the kind of person who will just like walk down the street and like stop and just like ah like to be like i love this oh, moment i loved i've had a couple of moments that somebody two people saw me enjoying those moments and then i got texts from them and like it was so fun to get a text telling somebody acknowledging like you look like you're having a wonderful time because i like i tend to i walk everywhere i don't i don't drive and i'm somebody that like loves those moments when i'm like you know what right now this walk is my time because i'm probably i'm leaving something probably it took a lot of my time and energy Mm -hmm. and i'm headed to probably work on something so why not enjoy it yeah i end up listening to music and jamming out while i walk i have a good fucking time i always think that some of my happiest moments are in my car alone yeah or some of like my like I feel like my most real moments where I'm like I'm not a stressed out person I'm not like uh, I'm I'm fun and free but only in my car alone. <laughs> it's okay. People in New York, you never get to experience this because you never get your your solo moments. That's true. I mean, they do walking down the street too. Right. I'm I try to take those moments more even if they're public like that. Like I've, you just have to. Like, oh God, I'm bringing it back to the film, but like that moment you said, like you, you, you commented on when it happened that Holly Hunter stepped out like after the first scene and just into the cold air and like just stuck her tongue out Yes, to like feel the air. Those are the moments I know that I'm watching a great actor Mm -hmm. because I'm like, that's a private moment that you just allowed yourself to experience and the camera just caught it. Yeah. And those are those moments. Even after a tragedy, she just had to stop and take that in. Yeah. She's so good in this movie. But truly, like, if it weren't someone as charming as Holly Hunter, you'd be like, that person's just insane. Yeah. Like those the things she has to say and like the moment of like singing candy off beat to herself mm-hmm. while smoking a joint. It's so, like, awkward, but Holly Hunter's so fucking good. Because I think she's just authentic about it. Yeah. There's, and that's what's beautiful about the whole movie, as I realize, is that this cast is so good. Because mm-hmm. there are moments where you're like, what the... F-? If, if you put any of that into some, a bad actor that's pushing... Yeah. And not just really truthfully being authentic with those, you'd be like, ah, never mind. I never even noticed that she has a stupid Southern accent all the time. <laughs> <laughs> She's supposed to be, where was she at? Where she was. I, I can't remember where they're from. Cause she lives in Chicago. Where? Yeah. I felt like that was in between Chicago and Boston. Yeah. Don't know where, but somewhere in between Chicago and Boston. She picked up that accent. <laughs> she picked up that Southern. Holly is very Southern. Yeah, she is. I, we were saying while we were watching this, that like, if I think it's so interesting that Jodie Foster cast Holly Hunter because Holly Hunter would have had Jodie Foster's career if it weren't for Jodie Foster. Yeah. Like she's the exact same, like kind of tough, soft lady. Yeah. And I wonder if Jodie, I mean, they're probably about the same age, maybe. Yeah. maybe. And I'm sure she like saw it was like, oh, that she can play me. I'm yeah. going to direct this. I would probably be this part. I'll put Holly Hunter in. Yeah. She probably saw broadcast news or something else. And something was like, that's great that yeah, Holly Hunter did. Exactly. I mean, Holly Hunter has some knockout stuff. Raising Arizona. She's great. I, I'm a huge fan of her in the piano. I think she's brilliant. 
She's wonderful. Um, yeah. And it's a movie that my dad would, was very controversial about. And would, oh, yeah? Because would not let us watch because that. Because there's a penis in it? I think penis, and it's like... Those kids fuck a tree. And to her, probably to my dad's point, conservative point of view at the time, was probably like very like, this is prostitution in some mm-hmm. way. And then you watch it, and you're like, Dad, that's not at all what's going on. There's so much more. Oh, the piano. Um, what Harvey Keitel. Yeah. He's done some... I mean, that's... Yeah, Harvey Gattel. What about that dick of his? <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> what a dick. Uh, what an angry dick. That's all I can think is like, oh, Harvey Gattel probably has an angry dick, right? There's, oh, God, yeah. But, yeah, this movie is... And I think Jodie Foster is also because of her direction and probably her DP that a movie like this, like we pointed out, is very play-esque in stage. Its camera, though, tells story. It mm-hmm. doesn't just... Because you can be a boring director and do that, and you just like your camera's like like standing back, and it doesn't. And it's like, yeah, your camera's not telling me anything. Yeah, this the camera's in there, but it never gets in the way. But it's also telling the story along the way. It and did, her DP it. was awesome. I don't let me see who that DP was, but you know what it reminds me of? It like watching the style today reminded me of of like um, film noir. Like the way the camera would like when someone was telling their monologue, it would do a slow close up and then a quick like extreme. Yeah. So that, like on the dad's monologue, he there's one where he it does real fast yeah. into and it's cool. Because it's, it's so like great. he's talking about an airplane. Yeah. So it moves in like an airplane, but it is very like film noir esque. Yeah. Like it like you really come into the what the person is saying and like you almost see it's like they're almost in a daze kind of telling mm-hmm. this story. It's so good. I, I, I agree. Movie. There's two wonderful moments that I want to talk about because okay. they're they're moments that are small and big for me, and they made me cry both. Both. <laughs> One, the scene between Holly Hunter and her and um, whatever the actress name, but when she goes and tries to apologize to oh, her, that sister. That whole that whole conversation is so rough and real, yeah. and just. How one, there's so many good lines in there. Like, one, we're family, we don't have to like each other. Boom. But then there's this, a moment that's, just that's she, so devastating, but so honest, where she's all, please leave. I'm going to do this because it's the only thing I love that I do in the day. She's like day. on a, uh, a stair step. Yeah. No, can you please leave? It's the only part of my day oh, I actually enjoy. God damn the it. The only part of my day I actually enjoy. Also, the moment before that where her sister says to her, if I met you on the street and you gave me your number, I'd throw it away. Yeah. But I feel like that you, those two love each other. They just will never acknowledge it at this point in their lives. Well, they love each other, but they don't like each you other. You don't like each other. Because none of, if you didn't love each other, you would never say those things to each other. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's why she even allows her to tell her that this is the only part of my day that I like. Yeah. You would never tell a stranger that. No. You would never tell your husband that. You would only tell your sister. Yeah. it's. <laughs> I think it, that's so devastating to me because I'm not close with my sister and I, I'm like, that feels so true that like if my sister and I met at a party, we would both be like, eh, about that. Like, well, we wouldn't, but we were sisters. So like, so like, and you don't choose those relationships. You just have them forever. Yeah. With someone that you're like, I don't even know if we can have coffee together. Yeah. You wouldn't. Yeah. But like, we do have good moments too. Ah, uh, right. yeah. But it, you, I, you almost wish you could have seen those siblings have a little more, but I guess it's like, that's the way family is. It sometimes you don't. The, you it's, don't it's home don't for get, the holidays. It's not. You're not. We're not seeing the experience of them growing up together, which yeah. are probably a lot of their touching moments, which they show in the movie at the uh, end. But, they do, but, the, but actually, they show it only between her and her brother. Yeah, they don't it, show the older sister. Yeah, it's. But then you have just the time that you go home for the holidays mm-hmm. and you really are trying to truncate and relive, like possibly try to find those moments. Mm-hmm. Cause I like looking back, like when I go back home for the holidays and I'm with my sister, you end up not creating a lot of new moments. You, you end up co- talking about the fun moments that you grew yeah. up with. You, 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 you go back down nostalgia and memory yeah. lane. Cause yeah. you don't have time to make new moments as much as you want. I to. think it's so interesting. And I, and I, I can't imagine what it must be like to like stay in your hometown because I I really do think that like people get set in roles and they, they stay in their roles. Yeah. Um, and so like the pot, when she like 
the popular girl from her high school. It's like, me, it's Jenny. Like, oh, Jenny Pearson. Is that not her name? That's just Jenny Pearson. <laughs> name. I, sorry, Jenny Pearson. I, I know you're, you're listening to this. Jenny Pearson, uh, the popular girl uh, in your mind. I, I think that her name is something like that. I'm looking it up now. Um, Especially being Jenny, that's so nice. Jenny Pearson. Uh, it, it's Jenny Johnson Drew. John, yeah. It's, very, it's all J's. Jenny Johnson Drewer. Um, so Jenny Johnson, not Pearson, but Johnson. Um, like that girl stayed in her role because she never left. And she kind of sees Holly Hunter back in that role of like the kind of misfit kid who got pregnant in high school. And Holly Hunter's like, I, I moved away. Uh, I'm not like that anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, bitch, you are back here. And I feel that way when I go home, but like that when I go home, all of a sudden my role, like I, the role of Marcy that I play here, I have to go back and play an old role that I don't like playing anymore. Yeah, I, like, I can recognize, I can relate to that. And you, and you end up, you realize, we, I think the sad thing is we're doing that to ourselves yeah. more than anybody I, else. I, I truly like moved, like part of the reason why I moved from New York to LA was because I was like, I'm ready to grow, but I don't know how to let the rest of the world know that. So I think I need to start over. And it's such a crazy... That's a great leap to take, though, for yourself. I literally moved across the country to be like, I think I need to change, and it's very hard to change when people already know me. (laughs) Like... I can see that. uh, So I moved. Yeah. I think... Because... Because we all will tell ourselves like this isn't this isn't who they think I am. Yeah, or I'll go about us like if I say the and I be completely honest, I did change not drastically, but the way I saw myself changed. And so like I so relate to like that aspect of Claudia's character or that character of Claudia that like when you leave, you get to be this new person, and then when you have to be like thrust back into your old environment. It is like so anxiety, like gives brings so much anxiety up, and I think that's so like like this year I'm not going home for either holiday, but I'm going to go home on a on a non holiday week, like sometime between now and New Year's, right? Um, because I was like just like like I want to see them, but the stress of that fucking day, yeah, of like having to get up early and everyone has to get dressed, but we're also doing work and chores. It's a crazy thing we do every, every few year. months. Yeah. yeah. So like we give ourselves holidays, especially for women. Cause you didn't watch the men being stressed out. You literally watched the, the men yeah, sit on the couch. They feel obligated to make it work. So they literally sat on the couch and said, they don't want us in there. So like the women are doing everything. Ugh. Luckily, I think I'm... And wearing high heels. <laughs> I'm watching... My, yeah, you're right. Ugh. I'm watching that... Sh- I'm hoping I'm seeing more of that change a bit. Mm-hmm. Like, I've noticed in my like my uh, sister's husband that he, it's the roles are sort of reversed a little that mm-hmm. way. He does a lot of what you would typically think, like, the old, traditional, what, what a wife should do. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's good to see. And I don't think it's just a flop completely 180 but it's like oh you're sharing a little more of that versus just playing the blanket role yeah this movie just says so many things i think like and even like being in 1995 to to talk about like gay marriage that's one of my other moments that i fucking loved and it made me cry like really hard was when the dad congratulates his husband and it's gonna make me cry right now (laughs) because it's so touching to me that that is like God. That you nailed. You nailed what a father. He didn't is. know like how to say it any better. Like he's looking at his son while he's talking on the phone. So he's mm-hmm. looking at his son. So he's saying it to his son, um, but he doesn't have to say it to his son. Yes, he's saying it to this his son's new husband, Jack. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Congratulate!" And I think I mean this. Congratulations. Yeah. Oh, and then he big. just touches his son's face. Uh-huh. That moment where he touches his face was just, it crushed me. And then you watch, and then I he like walks it. away and Robert Downey Jr. literally crumples to the floor and starts talking as a real person for the first time Yeah, in the film. and you can see that he, it's just, you can see how he, and I think he's like his dad this way, and this is why I think. It's a small moment that I think that's where he, the dad and him are very similar. So he, with his husband, doesn't put that on. Yeah. He doesn't put that role on as the young, because like, Because that's his home. King. That's his home. He can, doesn't have to wear yeah. anything. And if you notice, the dad does that 
with every, that's his true self. His dad, his quirkiness is where he shows his true self with his family. When he answers the phone, he puts on a care. He puts on a voice. It's funny to us, but that's how the dad does with the real world. He goes and goes, hello, this is so-and-so. Yeah. And I think that's a bit of like what we do. We, he found his home. He's like, Rarson residence. Yeah. I think that <laughs> is if you watched the dad go out and interact with that people, he'd put on a he'd little bit. He'd be silly. he put also, on Also, like, if you notice, like, he is at home in his basement with his canaries mm-hmm. and his old movies. He, like, gets so sentimental in a way. And the rest of the time, he's avoiding conflict by, like, putting on a song and dancing or, like, shoving whipped cream in their face. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's, like, avoiding any of the serious talks by, like, you know, those kind of, like, weird, like, out-of-left-field moments. And then when he's in his basement, just kind of talking and remembering his life. Yeah. It's like that's, like... It's that one-on-one yeah. with his they daughter. They all have those moments, Yeah, they, too. Uh, throughout the whole movie, they do. So Joanne gets to be, like, her... You Whenever you see her at home, like, that's herself. Like, mm-hmm. you get to see all their... Like, she, when she's talking... Steve Gutenberg is insane, this movie. And I think it shows you that Steve Gutenberg is better than what we associate him as. Because <laughs> we sort of, like, put Gutenberg in as a B-movie actor. Yeah. Because of the things he, like, plays academies. And this... His character is so insane, but he does it so well. He's so I was grumpy. Like, God, you're grumpy and great. Yeah, this. he's he's grumpy and so funny. And he just—I feel like he is a character that no one's listening to him ever, even his own wife and his kids. He gets so frustrated. And he's just like—he keeps talking at the table, and he's just like wants people to like, look, I have knowledge. I have knowledge about money and how you can like have a happy and life. And then no one so will listen. So conservative. It's so funny, like. <laughs> You have, like, such, like, liberal siblings and then so conservative. Like, literally, she has, like, one of those, like, doily neck, like, Yes, on things. her dress. Where you're like, what what era are you dressing for? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> oh, it's such a good movie. It is a wonderful movie. Um, I love it. I loved it, Marcy. Thank I really you. thank you for um, sharing it with me. I do take pride in it. I try. I talk about it all the you time. You should like, take pride in liking such a great movie. Oh. It shows a, I, and think, I, I think it truly, like, like I think that... This movie is one of the things that, like set me like that's the kind of comedy that I like that like that it's very real and sad and moments and uh, like that's what I want to I want to be doing that kind of that's stuff. That's great. And yeah. that shows I'm going to plug you what's the name of your short film? Oh, Relationship Goals. Relationship Goals, I would say you 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 I can see you're going after that. I, I think that's present in that oh, good. short Thank film. Thank you. It has that streaming now on the scene.com YouTube. Watch it. Relationship goals on the scene.com channel. Um, you should. It's great. It's a great short film. Um, real quick. Yeah. Before we end, uh, the question for you is what I'm trying to ask every guest. So my podcast course is about, I will watch anything once. Mm hmm. Um, however, are there movies that you purposely will avoid or don't enjoy? I have not seen Star Wars, any of them. Is that, is it just Star Wars or in general, do you stay away from science fiction in those kind of like... I loved Interstellar. Okay. Um... You know, if people talk about something too much, I get bored of it before (laughs) I've seen it, so... So you haven't seen a single Star Wars? I don't think so. I know I must have, like, as a child, seen part of it. Like, well, like walk through a room while someone else was watching it. Right. Because I remember him cutting over open that snow camel thing and getting inside I of it. I love that you called it a snow camel. That's what it looks like. Uh, from yeah. a child, yeah. I thought it was a snow camel. <laughs> it's a tauntaun. Uh, but it's a snow camel, right? It's like a camel in the snow. Yeah. You nailed it. <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, so I, I know I've seen that. Uh, but, yeah, I don't. I never want to watch. I yeah, maybe like I think I'm not super into maybe action action stuff, films. But I like them when I watch them. I just don't want to watch them. Right. You're not. You're never going to go out of your way to see that. Yeah. Where it's like I'll always go see a horror film and then hate it as soon as I'm in there, <laughs> being like, I don't actually want to be experiencing these tense feelings. <laughs> uh, so. Great. I like yours was the most specific. Like, just Star Wars. Nope. Yeah, nah, it's I talked true. about like, too I much. I didn't watch Saving Private Ryan for probably like uh, 10 years after it came out. That's when I watched it. Because I was just like, I get it. Oh, so good. Blah, 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 blah. Right. Like, I just got sick of hearing the hype. Yeah. And it, hype can get it can get too much. Yeah. I get that. And you, I, I like 
the approach though if i hear hype just get away as far as possible so i will like possibly sometimes avoid a movie Mm -hmm. after the hype just so i have no now i forget the hype yeah i did that recently with avatar for the first time i've never seen that yeah Yeah, i never i never saw it my friend hector it was for the podcast everyone was like i've seen it four times you have to go see it and i was like no thanks yeah i did the same fucking weird film every Twice a year. Who cares? It's great. For but 20 years. Did you see this in the movie theaters or did you see no, it on... if it was 95, I probably didn't actually watch this. Kind of like a memory of watching it for the first time in my parents' home in Paradise Lakes. And I say that because I know that they moved when I was... So I was in probably... It was probably like 2001 when I saw it. So it was like a little old already. So I... Yeah. But I've been watching it for 15 years at least twice a year or more. Oh, wow. That's great. Um, well, I got to get out of here because oh. <laughs> somebody's at my house to pick me up and I'm supposed to be there. Oh, no. <laughs> it's fine. I, it will work out. Can they out. come here? I'm going to see if he'll come here. But, okay. Um, I just, Keep this in I, the podcast. I, I will probably because I, I would continue to talk about this for another uh, Everyone hour. should watch this. Everybody should. Everyone come over and watch it. I'm going to be in LA for the holidays, so. You should have a big screening of this movie. Uh, yeah. You should. You should have a Friendsgiving and watch this. Yeah. All right. Thank you again, Marcy. Thanks so much. If you want more from Marcy Giroux, you can follow her on Twitter at Marcy Lane. As well as you can check her out doing improv comedy at Upright Citizens Brigade in Los Angeles every Sunday night at 11 p.m. on the UCB Franklin stage with the great team Search History. Definitely check that out. It is a must-see of improv in L.A. Also, she wrote and starred in a short film called Relationship Goals. You can watch that now streaming on thescene.com or on The Scene's YouTube channel channel what i consider a must see that is again relationship goals check it out want to remind you that you can support all the great podcasts here on the boardwalk audio network by clicking on the button support our artists on the website that will direct you to amazon.com do all your regular shopping and we'll get a small little kickback from that and it costs you nothing and quick reminder if you go to the website devastatorpress.com slash scarface and use the promo code once you'll get 10% off the purchase of the book stay at home scarface a classic parody coloring and activity book for all of your fun on a rainy day or any day thank you for listening to the podcast please go to itunes rate review and subscribe that will bring more listeners to the podcast also you can follow us on twitter instagram as well as snapchat with the handle iwwao if you have movies that you'd like me to watch and discuss on the podcast you can email i will watch anything once at gmail.com or send a message on the tumblr at i will watch anything once.tumblr.com and remember if you haven't seen it once you can't complain I did not eat breakfast today because uh, oh, I had coffee. Did I had you not coffee. have anything? It's almost it's 4 I've had, p.m. I've had coffee and then a cliff bar the way here. Oh, I my need, God. You're gonna gonna, pa- are you going to pass out? No, but I will be like probably a little like. <laughs> luckily, after this, You'll- like an hour later, I'm going to go have ramen with Farley Elliott. Okay. a Boardwalk Audio podcast. For more information and shows, visit BoardwalkAudio.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe now.